Well, good morning, fellowship. And uh, yeah, good morning to you. Welcome to Mercy Found Sunday. Uh, it is, as you know, not only one of my favorite Sundays of the year, it's become one of your favorite Sundays of the year. Am I wrong? No, I am not. And, and uh, I, I haven't ever been wrong much. So uh, I, I've already been emotional. It's guaranteed at some point, uh, unless the Lord intervenes, that I cry. And uh, man, I'm glad. I'm glad I feel this. And you'll find out why in a minute. So here's what we do. We take one Sunday a year to focus on adoption, foster care, family preservation, and all the things that surround those three things that help them move forward. And this is our, as I calculated correctly, our 16th year of doing what we call Mercy Found Sunday. And in those years, we have touched the lives personally by adopting over 35 children in this church alone from all over the world. Yeah. Uh, often I'm asked, how did Mercy Found Sunday? Matter of fact, I was in a uh, text with a guy yesterday, a doctor in town, wants to do this at his church. And uh, it simply started that Jen and I moved here a little over 18 years ago. And uh, we had an adopted daughter. And uh, we had adopted Joelle at six days old. She had three older birth children. And as we were starting the church, just talked to the elders and said, hey, can we do sort of a ministry like this? Started researching it a little bit, and it began. And here's what Jen and I knew. Jen and I knew the hardest part for us after the Lord called us to adopt was to know where do we go, how do we start, who can we trust, how do you raise the money, it ain't cheap. All those kind of questions, and those are the biggest obstacles for people not to adopt or do foster care. And so we set out to be equippers and informers of all of that uh, to lay out the timeline, timeline. And people, the Lord has led people in our church to take advantage of that. As I said, uh, we adopted Joelle when she was six days old, and she's nearly 21 now. This is, there she is, so... Bless her heart, she's fast as lightning. Don't, uh, don't challenge her to a 100-meter dash, you'll lose. It's no secret that we live in a world and country that has a worldview of godliness because it is godless. It is anti-life. And we as the people of God are called to swim upstream against such godliness in a way that honors God. And Mercy Found Sunday is about equipping you to do just that. I want you to grieve with me just a moment with these stats. 2,363 <clears throat> pre-born children are killed every day. It's the leading cause of death in the United States. Less than 1% of children are killed in abortion or convict conceived in rape. So that's a lie that the godless culture tells us. 97% of all abortions, matter of fact, are simply for the reason of convenience and comfort. And late-term abortions, they are not rare. In New York City alone, 1,247 children at 21 weeks were killed in the late-term abortions in 2017. 
and just a few weeks ago, believe it or not, in the state of Montana, voted that even after birth, it is legal to kill a child if the parents do not want it. Planned Parenthood continues to receive over $500 million of your tax money and mine to murder children. We as God's people, here's what we do. We choose life for the baby. We choose life for the child. And we choose life for the mother. And let me pause here and say, in an audience this big, it's very uh, likely that there is a lady or ladies who have had an abortion. And for those of you who have, I want to say to you, there is mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. That forgiveness that we just sung about is real and true. And you can be wiped clean and then become a part of the solution. So I want you to hear me say that. I'm thankful at Fellowship Bible Church that we fight for adoption, foster care, orphans, crisis pregnancy centers, and stepping stones, our own ministry to moms who are hurting and suffering with children that we work with here. Support in life is something, I believe, close to God's heart. Matter of fact, if you search the Bible from front to back, you would find three groups of people that come up over and over and over again. One is the orphan, one is the widow, and one is the stranger. So here at Fellowship, our motto is, or principle of addressing this, is we are to do for a few what we wish we could do for all. Faithfulness is our marching orders. Today in the U.S., 500,000 children are presently in foster care. 129,000 of those are waiting to be adopted right now. And more than one-third of Americans have seriously considered adopting, but no more than 2% actually have taken the next step to adopt. And only 4% of families with children in the U.S. contain an adopted child. With this, many orphans... We have both a monumental task and a great challenge to practice what the half-brother of Jesus, whose name was James, said in James 1.27. says, religion that is pure and undefiled before the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. So what is it that would make us tackle this task? I believe as Christ followers, the thing that would drive us and motivate us is that we will move horizontally toward the orphan and the widow to the degree in which we are convinced and see and are aware of and affected by how God has moved vertically upon us as his sons and daughters. You know, we've been going through the book of Ephesians here for months now. And we talk very specifically about how God has adopted you and I as his sons and daughters in Christ. It is one of the most profound truths in all of Scripture. So vertical adoption models and motivates us to participate 
everyone by going or giving or serving in a horizontal adoption. Here's what one writer said. He said, uh, adoption or foster care is great commission faithfulness. And here's what I want you to know. God does not call every family to adopt or foster care. I just want you to know that. Take the pressure off. But here's what I will say. If you're in a reasonable age, I do believe that God calls every Christian family to pray about and consider should they adopt or foster care. But he does call all of us to play a role, to go, to give, or to serve. Because a church body that rallies around orphans is a church body that rallies around the gospel. Here's how John Piper put it. He says, when the culture of adoption is flourishing at a church, and it is here, it's flourishing, it means that people are looking to their Heavenly Father for their joy and embracing the stress and cost of children instead of trying to maximize their freedom and comforts. And embracing both the pain and joy of children makes the worth of Christ shine more brightly. Amen? It's beautiful <laughs> because this ministry called Mercy Found Ministry is actually picking up steam. Every year it happens. Some of you come in and you think, I'm not doing that adoption thing. And then you walk out and you're looking for a baby. Right now, we have five families presently in that process. We have Kyle and Amanda Prince. There they are. We have Tyler and Katie Beth Trout. They got Spider-Man. They're looking for Spider-Gal, maybe. <laughs> you got John and Julie Doko. Wade and Michelle Willett. And then Jackie and, or Jason and Jackie Isaacs. Now, hold that picture right there a minute. Uh, Jason and Jackie, they know and we know that adoptions are not uh, cheap, right? And they keep going up more and more and more. And so here's what they did. They partnered with an organization called BothHands.org. And in that partnership, part of what you do is you connect with a widow who needs help. And, but, and the mediator is this organization organization, both hands, with the couple that is looking to adopt. And in doing so, the couple brings and rallies lots of folks to help the widow. And the lady in our church they help is our own Karen Dye. Karen, raise your hand back there. Yeah. It's a phenomenal story. So enjoy here two minutes of this great story.
I'm Karen Dye, and I know Jason and Jackie, we were in community group together a couple of years ago, and we go to Fellowship Bible Church. We picked Karen because uh, she spent a lot of time uh, blessing people and serving other people, so this was just an opportunity for us to, to serve her, and uh, we're, we're really glad that she said yes. I like to be giving gifts instead of receiving it, but it has been such a blessing to me, and I just want to be a blessing to him. Seeing everybody rally around us and donate and help us plan this uh, has been amazing. Uh, we've met our fundraising goal, uh, but you can still donate, and the link is in the description. We're hoping to meet our baby soon. Man. Karen Dye, we love you. So glad you said yes. Good gracious. How fun was that? Well, I want to introduce to you this morning, and, and here's what you know and I know is every organization needs leadership, right? And we have great leadership. We have three gals that give leadership to our Mercy Found Ministry. Lisa Steele, who couldn't be with us, had some surgery this week. But we got Megan Snow and Emily Henry, so give them a hand. Well, good morning. I'm Emily, and this is Megan, and um, Lisa was devastated that she couldn't be here, but she has been very busy, and I think we have a, yeah, these, these pictures back here, Lisa put that together. These are some of oh, almost 50 families that have been a part of Fellowship Bible Church who have grown their family through adoption or who, who have participated and hosted children through foster care. And we love that this is a picture of exactly what Jeff was talking about. This is the gospel. This is God's heart for vulnerable children um, and how he has written it through the story of Fellowship Bible Church through the years. Um, and I love how, he, how Jeff put that, that it, it isn't if God wants to use us in his story for vulnerable children, but how does he want to use you? On the front of your sheet, you will see um, adoption, foster care, and then you're going to see globally and locally. I hope that you will look over that, find some resources for how it is that God can write you into his story for these vulnerable children. Um, adoption, Jeff covered that beautifully, the needs for that, for foster families. Right now in the state of Tennessee, there are anywhere between seven to 8,000 children in the foster care system, um, and, and many of those waiting to be adopted, usually older children waiting to be adopted. Um, and if you are not called to foster or to adopt, you can serve. God wants to write you into that story both globally or locally through Portico or through Stepping Stones, through if you brought a box several weeks ago, that was serving a vulnerable child and family somewhere in the world. And so we are being a part of that simply through, bring, through bringing that box. So I hope that you will search and see where it is that God is asking you to be written into his story for these vulnerable children. Speaking of stories and how God writes our hearts, um, 
My heart is, is for adoption. My youngest daughter was born in China and came home in 2005. And she will be 19 in December. And we have a family, the Dokos. Jeff showed their picture. Um, they are, their son Quincy is waiting in China to come home. He has been there. Um, when, when adoptions were closed in 2020, they were ready to travel. And so they have been waiting to bring him home. And he has been waiting in China to come home. And so we made some little cards with Quincy's picture, and he is beautiful, and you will agree. And we, it is our hope that you would take one of those, put it on your refrigerator, and as you see that face, as the Spirit brings that little face to you, that you pray that God will bring him home to his family. Pray for him and all of the Doko family as they're waiting. <clears throat> um, uh, but I love how God writes even the leadership. Jeff said everything needs leadership. Um, even the leadership of Mercy Found, God wants to use you. He wants to use where you are in your life. You all are a younger adoptive family, and I'm an older adoptive family. <coughs> um, and so you are well connected with some of the younger families that are walking through that right now. Lisa is the CEO of a nonprofit, a Family Life Missions. So she has a huge heart for vulnerable families, specifically in Honduras. She works with family preservation and foster care, one of the first agencies in Honduras to even work with foster care. But then also, the way that God would have it and wrote into her story, her son and his wife adopted through embryo adoption earlier last year, and they will be having their first child, a son, in January. And so she will be an, an adoptive grandmother, um, which is just a beautiful way that God writes our stories. And Megan, you experienced a family walking with you through your adoption. And then out of that, kind of what you created, the support group. And on the back of that sheet are some ways folks can get involved. Yeah, so several years ago when we were starting the adoption process, I had um, a good friend of mine, Katie Beth, um, which we weren't that close. We had actually just met then. And I remember her coming in speaking. They were about to leave to go get their son, Judd. And through that, I had stopped her on the way out the door and I asked her, hey, when you get back, can we meet? I have some questions for you. So she got back. Judd was a little bitty tiny guy. And we sat down, she poured out all of her wealth of knowledge for adoption, three hours, <laughs> the first time that we ever hung out, and she just shared that with me. Through that process, we became good friends. We went to an adoption group, and um, several, well, we left the adoption group and said, we need to start this. And so a couple weeks later, it came to life, and now we meet every Thursday. The sheet actually says the first Tuesday of the month. It's the first Thursday of every month, and from 6.30 to 8, we gather together families that have adopted, that are going through the process, um, families that are just curious about adoption and wanted to know what that looks like. Um, so that's, that's a great resource to use. Another way is the wraparound group, just praying uh, we do meet the second Saturday of every month to pray, and that's a good a good way to just spend time in prayer for the families that are 
in process and fundraising is another great way and then just helping out with needs that are going through so if you guys will join there is a qr code on the sheet if you guys will join mercy pound and see what ways you can help out um, we will also be out in the lobby and family life missions will be out there portico is going to be out there and we hope to have some adoptive families out there if you guys have any questions Sure. Thank you, girls. Give them a hand. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do a summary of, uh, of everything at the end, but so thankful for you gals and so much that's sort of going on that primes the pump and helps people and, and a lot of ways to get your questions answered. Next, I want to bring up Tammy. Come on up. Tammy Burrow. Give her a hand. <clears throat> Tammy, we are glad to have you. She is the development director at Portico, which is, I think, the only crisis pregnancy center in Burfisboro. Is that correct? That's so, uh, and they can't see us over here. You sit still. They don't want to see me. They want to see you. Oh, I thought she's leaving already. There you go. <laughs> let's just let's just run around the stage. Do that again there. So, anyway, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, why don't you just inform us, first of all, how Portico got started and sort of how long it's been doing what it does. So, okay. uh, Well, good morning. Thank you for um, inviting me and having me here. Um, um, last year, I had the privilege of being here out in the lobby on Mercy Found Sunday, and it was just very impactful to me, and so I just appreciate that. Uh, Portico has been serving Murfreesboro for 37 years, and... Um, I love the way Portico got started, Jeff. Um, our current executive director, Laura Messick, was a young mom uh, in her 20s, and she was a stay-at-home mom. She was um, watching a, a TV show on, um, on TV one day, and she saw um, sanitation workers were, were finding aborted baby parts in the, in the uh, dumpsters behind the abortion clinic in um, California. And uh, she just felt the Lord speak to her and say, what are you going to do about this? Mm. What are you going to do about this where you are? And so her and her husband, Trent, um, got together and started praying. They got their small group together and started praying. Um, they put an ad in the newspaper and got a, a bigger group of people to, to, to start praying. And three years later, we were able to open what was then the Crisis Pregnancy Support Center in Murfreesboro. That's amazing. How many people do you have that actually work there or volunteer at this point? So our staff is very small. We have nine people that serve on staff. Some are part and some are full time. But what is beautiful about Portico is I feel like it's the greatest the greatest example of the body of Christ that I've ever seen. We have about sixty five or sixty six volunteers that are serving serving women and men and and uh, students in our community every day. Okay. So with all that help. Maybe tell us very practically, what what services do you offer and to who? I, I think we'll be surprised. I was surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm always excited to tell what services we offer because a lot of times people are just like, we don't know. First off, we don't know who you are and we don't know what you offer, which <laughs> we should know who we are and I want you to know what we offer. So, um, so 
after you hear this today, then you become a spokesperson for sharing with with people who what who Portico is and what we what we do. But we provide um, um, all of our services are free. I'll start with that. So anybody can come. Um, it's amazing that the people that do come to Portico, we we serve anywhere from young uh, teenage moms um, to women in their. 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, we serve the dads, um, and I'll share, share it in some of the ways that we serve them. So um, we do pregnancy tests and ultrasounds. Uh, we have nurses on staff that do pregnancy assessments, and we, we provide free uh, um prenatal vitamins. Uh, we have a program that is parenting education program. They can come and uh, do lessons uh, where they learn how to be better moms, better dads. They can start at pregnancy, go all the way through the first three years of their, their first two years of their child's life. And so, so parenting. Yes, parenting okay. education, parenting classes. Uh, we do those both individually and we also have group classes that group uh, parenting classes that meet. Um, we have a baby boutique where they can get items that they need for their, their babies up through the first two years of their life. So diapers, formula, um, equipment, car seats, uh, cribs, um, clothing up to size 2T, pretty much anything they need for their baby for the first two years. So we walk alongside them um, and help them with the resources they need because that's one of the things that causes women to have abortion. They feel like they don't have the resources to care for that baby, so we help with that. Uh, we also serve the dads. I'm really excited. We've started serving dads this year. Um, dads are important, and we want dads to know their value as a as a as a man. Um, they have a godly a role as, as godly leaders of their family, and so we're trying to encourage those guys. We have five um, male advocates that are currently serving. We're hoping to have a male advocate on every shift to be able to serve the dads that come to Portico as well and encourage, encourage them in um, learning what's going on with their baby, learning what's, um, what their role is as the, um, the provider and protector and spiritual leaders of their family. So the men serving in that role is a fairly new role, yes. right? But yes. certainly a needed role. So we're going to pause here for a little bit of commercial. <laughs> men, this is a great opportunity for you to serve in this area. That's a big need yes. because it is so new. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So here's the scenario that I think plays out with crisis pregnancy centers. You have a gal comes in, she gets an ultrasound, she finds out she is with child, she is pregnant, and she may know you're a crisis pregnancy center, pro-life, she may think you're an abortion clinic. But obviously the conversation goes from I am with child to now what do I do with this child? How do you bridge that gap to this conversation about giving this child up for adoption or i.e. keeping it? Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, it does. First, let me just say, um, we do not re do abortions. We do not refer for abortions, and all of our advertising says that. So even though she might come and she might you know, be thinking, well, I, I'm going to get an abortion, um, she's not going to get that at Portico, and we're not going to refer for that. It is illegal in the state of Tennessee for any doctor to perform an abortion. So I just want you to know that. Um, but, but the way 
way we bridge that gap is, you know, she when when she comes, she is overwhelmed. She has pressure. She has people that are, you know, people that she loves and thought she trusted that are encouraging her um, to get an abortion. So basically, what we do is we give her the facts. We give her, we speak the truth in love and share with her, you're pregnant. And now there's three options. And unfortunately, there's three, but that's what the three are. Um, and so we talk through what does, what does parenting look like for you at this point in your life? What is parenting going to look like? And what's it going to look like two years from now or three years from now? Because a lot of times when they come, they can't see past today. Today, I just found out I'm pregnant, and I'm distraught, and I don't know what to do next. And so we help them just sit down and, and wait a minute, and we, we share the three options with them. We talk about uh, parenting. We talk about adoption. We have some videos that we will share with them about adoption if they, if they feel like they might be interested in that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we share with them medically what abortion is going to look like. We talk about how, you know, what do you think, how, you could, how would you feel about that maybe three years from now or five years from now? Um, it's, a, it's a quick solution, but it's permanent. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, we just kind of help them through that. We listen to them. That's, that's one of the main things we do at Portico is we listen to their stories because mm -hmm. at this point they just need somebody to come around them mm -hmm. and say, I'm here for you. Um, we're going to look at what your options are, what your choices are. We have services here for you at Portico. We're going to help you walk through this. You don't have to make a permanent decision today that is going to last your lifetime uh, regarding your baby. And so we, we talk to them about, is the father involved? Let's, let's let us talk to the dad, you know, those kind of things. Um, so it's really just helping them have a support system that's going to help them walk through the next step, which is which is hopefully going to be, um, I'm going to parent, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue adoption. Um, but even if they do choose abortion, we're going to be there for them to listen to their story because it's going to be hard for them. They're going to come back and they're going to say, man, I really wish I hadn't done that. Uh, we also are now serving as an abortion pill reversal um, center. Um, and, and so what that means is there's, there's chemical abortions now that are easily available through the mail, even though they're illegal. Um, and women basically have abortions in their homes by themselves by taking two pills. Um, if they regret that decision after taking the first pill, it can be reversed. And um, it, it's, it's just with um, a, a just a, a medication that they can take to reverse that. And, and so we've had recently two success successful uh, reversals mm -hmm. and uh, we're, we're actually walking through with those women they have to have um, ultrasounds like every week just to make sure that that the pregnancy is progressing and mm -hmm. things like that so we're actually walking through that situation now with ladies who thought they wanted to have an abortion then decided they didn't and they still need a support system around them to to help them walk through the next steps and so that's some of the things that we do at Portico. Well, and that just gives us a small picture. These yes. are hours conversations. Yes. So I think bottom line is you love the mother and you love the child yeah. and you connect with them 
at the heart about what really is going on. And you see them soften, I'm sure, right? The stories would. We do. 87% of the ladies, um, our statistics show 87% of the ladies that see their baby um, on the screens in an ultrasound choose, will choose life for their babies. I also want to say we love the fathers. Yeah because they're valuable and, and we want them to know they're valuable as well. And, and so if we can, if we can um, um, support the dads and if we can support the moms and if we can build a better family unit, they're not all going to get married and live happily ever after. But if we can, if they know they have support and we can build a better family unit, we're just making greater outcomes for our children, our families, and our community as, as a whole. Okay, a couple wrap-ups here. Just speaking of ultrasounds, we have a RV. We're not, we're not starting a camping ministry at yes. Fellowship, <laughs> if you saw it out there. But tell us about uh, the RV and what's available to our body after the service. Okay, so we also uh, so we have bricks and mortar at, on Church Street, but we also have a mobile unit that goes out into the community and really meets women and men where they are. And 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 so uh, we serve currently a couple of different counties with our RV. It is a mobile ultrasound unit. We do our our medical services there, pregnancy tests, ultrasounds. We have peer counselors on board, um, and we're currently. Um, serving in the community three to four days a week. We just recently got in, not sure we got invited. We just recently um, began to be able to park on near MTSU campus with our RV and offer services Ask there. Ask forgiveness instead of Ask permission. For, well, we're getting permission, but um, it, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing that. But anyway. I can help you with that. <laughs> That's one of my life's philosophies. So I can help you with that. So I do have a, we have a couple of Portico team members here. There are uh, mobile ultrasound ladies that, that serve on this, on this ultrasound, on this uh, RV every day. And they would love you to come and see them and tour the, the mobile and see what happens in ministry as we travel out into the communities that we serve. That's awesome. Yeah, so take advantage of that as you leave today. And know this because of your kindness and generosity, we were able to make a few years ago a significant gift to help. Yes. Uh, we asked you what you needed, and you said we need straight up cold cash. Yes. Yes. And so, because uh, you're buying, it's called an ICU yes. unit, but yes. Yes. Uh, so very thankful how you, the Lord uses that as well. Yes. Okay, now grand finale here. Tell our church body, we got some great folks here, how they can serve in this area and do so with Portico. Um, so it's real easy for you to get involved with Portico. We do a, a bi-monthly information meeting called Plug Into Portico. It's a great overview of all things Portico. We will tell you every way that you can get involved. We'll tell you the training that's involved, and uh, we'll help you take your next steps to get involved. So that next one will be um, the second Tuesday of January. We'd love. We're going to not bother you during the holidays. Let you let you get through the holidays. But second. Second Tuesday of January at 8.30 in the morning or 5.30 in the afternoon. We would love to see you at Portico uh, for Plug Into Portico and love to help you find out how you can get involved. I'm also out in the lobby um, between services and uh, would love to talk to all of you. Um, I'll, I'll talk as long as you guys want me no, to. No, you don't want to talk to all of them. <laughs> well, I'll talk to any of you that want to come and, and, and have a conversation with me about ways that you can get involved at Portico. Y'all give Tammy a big hand. Thank you, Tammy. God bless you.
Man. So thankful for your willingness to serve. I called her uh, weeks back, and she said, boom, I'm there. So very thankful for that. I love partnering with you. Uh, as we sort of wrap up our morning, I want you to sit back and just enjoy a story. Like we all love stories, but what God does in a family that has adopted and foster cared a bunch, you'll see, of kids, connecting them with another family and you, our body, and sort of what God does there. So take a look and enjoy. Eight children, uh, well, actually seven children, and I had a knee injury on the trampoline, and I had had surgery, and I had two knee surgeries within six months, so I was completely down. I couldn't even pick the babies up. While I was uh, down and out, and uh, a friend had signed me up with the meal train. Kiana Atwood brought me a meal. That's how we met Nicole. And then we met Austin, and we've become like family. Elizabeth heard a name. It was the meal train was coming. Now I've, I've taught Sunday school for twenty years. Been going to church my whole life. My granddad was a pastor. My brother's a pastor. Very connected in the church and church fellowship. And but I've, I've got these people bringing food over, and I'm just I'm blown away. I'm like, well, first of all, we don't go to your church. Uh, second of all, we don't even know you. Uh, third of all. You're, you're just pouring yourself out on this. I mean, I'm not even, I haven't even gave you an offering or nothing like that to <laughs> church or anything. So I'm thinking these are really people that are living out the, the call of Christ. For us, the opportunity was there to bring you a meal. And when you bring someone a meal, that gives the opportunity to participate in their, their life. You come into their space, you know, and then we had the opportunity to see the reality of what's going on for you see you as a brother and sister in Christ, and see your children and think, wow, what, what a tremendous opportunity to be a tangible expression here. I had watched the video, My Son Hudson, and it's a video that's crying out saying, how far would you go to get your child or your son? What would you do? Would you bust down the wall? Would you run? You would just run across the world to rescue your child. And that's what God does to us. And so, therefore, it was speaking to my heart. It's like, I want to do that for others. So I had asked Daryl if we could sign up with an agency to foster children that were not kin. And he asked me, why not? Why? And I said, well, just watch this video. And he comes into the room, and he's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm weeping. I can't talk. He was like, what is wrong with you? I said, you have to watch this video. I wasn't for it at all because I had said to myself, I had said, look, in my mind, I had said, now, look, I had just raised, helped raise six of our nieces. I'm pretty good. You know, I've got plans. I've got a future. I mean, we're going to be on the beach somewhere on the umbrella, you know, just chilling on the beach somewhere. But uh, thank God he had other plans. And uh, he, he had asked me to look at that video. So I prayed about it. Prayed about it so long, I thought I was getting some really good footage out of it, you know, in Lent, and that it would just go away. And uh, it didn't go away. It just, I was dreaming about it at night and thinking about it. And just uh, the 
the sweep heavy. So for us, um, when we were dating early on, we were teenagers at this point, we were discussing adoption and that that was something that was close to our heart and something, a vision that we even cast for our marriage and for our family. Um, it is worked out such that that's not the case in the sense that the children have come into our home, but the Lord has brought multiple families around us that are in that that are in that space and in the process, and we've been able to rally around those families. Instantly when I came in the door to bring you guys a meal um, because of your knee surgery, I was, I felt the Holy Spirit's presence in your place. I felt my heart just leap, just seeing these beautiful seven and then eight um, children that you had taken in and um, that you were caring for so by faith just every day to care for this many children, the love of Christ pouring out of you guys was so apparent. I was just, it was like a magnet. I, I, could, I just, I wanted to know you. I wanted to know your story. I wanted to help where I could. I wanted to come, we wanted to come alongside of you. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of, of knowing you and your family and wanting to be a part of what you were doing because God was doing is doing the most beautiful transforming work in your children's lives. When uh, God had brought the five children and then the two babies were added later, um, they came in with a trash bag and um, one trash bag and had a bunch of hodgepodge things in there. And at the time, our now 10 year old, um, she had, they had no toys no toothbrushes, nothing. And I was so upset, and I was asking God why, and I thought, they're getting foster care, in and out of foster care all their life. They have nothing. And God was telling me, I'm making all things new. Get rid of this bag. Um, I remember the youngest one, she was five when she came, and uh, she had a little uh, stuffed handful from McDonald's. And that's all she brought. And when you all came along, uh, y'all have blessed us so much that uh, I can't even express how much uh, gratitude I have just providing beds for the kids. I mean, things are expensive when you have a lot of kids. Y'all provided beds, tires for our van. And I will add to that when uh, Austin called one day about tires for the van. As another man, you know, I felt like, and the Lord really had to check me on that uh, because I was prideful. And I was uh, thinking, you know, he called me for this. I need to be the one to provide. Yeah. And that's what was hard for us to see, yes. It was really hard to accept sometimes. And uh, but I was driving down the road. The Lord said, he said, Daryl, he said, uh, as we're talking again, the Lord said, uh, he said, you got this, don't you? I said, no, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I ain't got it at all. I said, I don't have this. And I need help. And uh, so now I said, I gladly accept anything. I wanted them to have a community to be able to see what family really was like. They were literally calling their DCS caseworker, Daddy. You guys coming over and just hanging out with us and us getting a chance to get to know the kids and get in the floor with the kids. Like, we have seen God.
God's story, redemptive story, literally tangibly in their Mm -hmm. lives. How God has worked through you all in blessing our lives, it has uh, multiplied through other people that we have met, through the tutorial schools, through fellowship. My kids love coming here. They love going to the youth group. Um, People have given us even, I know people are like, what? Laundry detergent. Mm -hmm. It helps us. We're a big family. And so just how... And just how it, um, it has multiplied in so many ways. But the greatest gift to my kids, our kids, is how he has multiplied them knowing the compelling love of Christ through you all. And then it's multiplied unto the church. I really was astounded by the type of love that was here at Fellowship. And the type of coming alongside of us so easily without any really questions of, you know, who are you, Daryl? Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and uh, that was amazing to me. I, I love seeing real, authentic Christian love. Daryl and Elizabeth Humphrey have fostered, as the video said, 26 children, adopted uh, eight children. Well, I want to finish up with a massive so what this morning. And this is the time where uh, the Lord takes his spirit and he prompts you to do something, just to be clear about what a so what is, right? And, uh, and what you will do in this area. Um, just for a review for things to consider, we have three tables outside that you can see after the service. Uh, family Life Missions that Lisa, our own Lisa still runs or is the head of Portico with Tammy Burrow and, uh, and then Mercy Found, our ministry here at Fellowship. So all the details you'll need to know about what those organizations do. As I, we mentioned, the ICU mobile bus outside is waiting for you. I'm sure there's needs there. And then Daryl and Elizabeth Humphrey, on your chair, every third chair, is their contact information. If the Lord is leading you to jump in and, as Daryl said, come alongside of that family in a practical and tangible way, you can contact them. There's also an article on every third chair about our own Jenny King, who her and her husband David uh, did embryo adoption. This article was in the Murfreesboro newspaper. So that will be so encouraging uh, for some of you couples. So take advantage of that. And then obviously uh, this sheet with all the information there. I do want to add, uh, you know, last Sunday, I believe it was, we did uh, Operation Christmas Child. I think a little over 670 boxes. We broke a personal church record. Uh, we're winners here at Fellowship Bible Church. <laughs> And the right way. We're going to make the church football playoffs or whatever, right? But uh, in that, the vast majority, as uh, was mentioned earlier by Rob, of those boxes will go to orphans uh, around the world. And then to Stepping Stones, our ministry to women here at Fellowship and their children, uh, you can see Meg Latrell. You can look at her, look her up on Realm or get her contact information at the starting point desk, a great place to serve. And um, before we pray this morning, I, I want to give a personal thank you to Chris Rainwater, uh, one of our tech guys who 
just worked so hard to make this morning come together. So, Chris, thank you so much for using your gift. So, let me give you a minute to think and consider how the Lord may lead you, and then I will pray uh, this morning. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We are so grateful for your work in our life, for your pursuit of us. So grateful that you've made us a son or daughter of the King of Kings, if we know Christ. And I pray this morning, Lord, that you would help each person in here, each family, to really think about how do we play a role here with widows and orphans and mercy to those who need it. I pray you'd take our hearts and minds back to the mercy we receive from you that we did not deserve, that we were not um, uh, expecting, and you would give us very tangible direction based on our own hearts and minds and giftings and strengths and weaknesses you would show us where to serve in this area. Lord Jesus, um, we're grateful for the gospel that leads us uh, to do, to be life, to be for life. Grateful for all you're done here in this church. Pray for those couples very specifically that are in the process of adopting, especially the Dokals, who have been waiting fervently for so long. We love you, and we ask that in Christ's name, and everyone said, amen.